Hello and welcome to The Catholic Journey. This is Deacon Pat coming to you from beautiful blue sky, Northern California. And it is the second Sunday of Advent. And today is very early on in the month of December. It's December 6th. I was just looking at uh, the calendar uh, the other day and could you believe that we are like, is that is that true? We are like three weeks away from Christmas. Oh my goodness. It's coming so fast. <laughs> um, I hope uh, <clears throat> this Advent is a time that you can slow down a little bit, start thinking about your relationship with Christ, your relationship uh, with uh, the special people in your lives. Um, none of us are perfect, and uh, this time of Advent is really a time to be thinking about uh, preparing ourselves for the returning of Christ, uh, returning um, to us in really the symbolism of, of his infancy and the reminder of really that miracle of him coming into this world and the reason that he came into this world, but also preparing ourselves for uh, his second coming. And that will be the time where uh, the world as we know it will not will end and it'll be a time of judgment and it'll be a time of truth and uh, where we'll have to really reap the consequences of have we been living a Christian life or not. So just something to, to think about and ponder for uh, the next couple of weeks. I know it's really easy for many of us to get really sucked into the secular nature of, of Christmas time. And there's a lot of good to it too. You know, it's about um, trying to be happy and to be generous and to give gifts. Um, but please don't lose sight of really the, what's the idea of, of the Christmas season. And it's it's truly and purely a, 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 a faith-related, a religious season. So uh, please keep that in mind as you're going through your day-to-day -day activities. This year is going to be quite different, I think, from many years for, for a lot of us. Um, really in, because of the COVID situation. And gosh, this is going on and on and on. What, what a difference it's going to be. You know, some people are going to be too frightened to have family members over. Some people uh, legitimately are going to probably keep people away as well. So it's just something to think about. Um, how can you try to normalize your Christmas as much as possible while being prudent with your situation in life and, uh, and how to keep yourself happy and healthy? Um, I think one of the things that we need to take into consideration, though, is really just the profound damage that this isolation is doing to people. And, um, you know, as we're learning more and more about this illness, and if you could separate yourselves from the hyperbole and really the lies that, that you see on, on media, um, what, what we're trying to do for the cure of this disease, and I don't mean cure by the vaccine, but just by the precautions, really outweighs, you know, the, the, the benefit. And um, by locking down, you know, houses and locking down families and locking down our freedom, uh, we're, we're finding that we've, we're, we've lost much more than we've gained. Uh, mental illnesses sky high, drug addiction uh, sky high, uh, alcoholism is sky high, um, suicide rate is is tremendously uh, just elevated, all since this COVID and the lockdowns. Um, so something to think about. Um, I think if we're honest, we'll, we can all agree that to some level, uh, COVID was used uh, for some 
self-gain of political parties and for other people with agendas out there. And now um, we are having to deal with the repercussions from that. And um, so it's just something to think about as you're, you know, pondering different things about life and, and making some choices. Anyway, so it's let's get back to really the topic of the day. And the topic of the day is it's Sunday. And Sundays are really days to reflect about our relationship with God. Um, It's also a time, you know, for us to go to Mass and to be around our community and to support each other. And um, it's also a day really to uh, ponder God's Word and look for what really applies in that message and how we can, uh, or what's relevant in that message, and then how can we apply it in our own lives. So um, I'm stuck at home uh, this weekend. I'm not able to go to Mass. Um, believe it or not, um, I caught COVID. <laughs> so I know it's different for everybody. and uh, But for me, it's been like having the flu. And the flu that just kind of doesn't go away, it lingers for quite a while. But I think I'm at the tail end of it now. Um, I'm going to be uh, shut away uh just for, gosh, a few more days. This is Sunday. I think by Thursday, I am um, considered non-communicable. And uh, and then I can uh, be free to go where I need to go. The nice thing is, I firmly believe, until science tells me otherwise, that once you, receive, once you have COVID and you recover, that you're immune to, to having it. Um, I know that some people will say, well, people have caught it more than once. Well, I talked to quite a few physicians and, and I've been listening to some experts and honestly, the data out there right now is I believe, um, that there's less than five people who they really have been able to identify who have had it more than once. And that's, that's, you know, less than five people out of hundreds of thousands of people, um, if not millions, you know, who, who have had COVID and what the physicians tell me is that's not sig- uh, uh, significantly or, st- uh, statistically relevant. And so that would not say that you can have it twice. Um, there's always one-offs in certain situations. And so, um, really the, uh, the thought is at this point until we're proven otherwise, that um, and and I guess some more of the studies are saying that that actually the antibodies are showing to be more long lasting than they initially thought, and that you, that you've developed an immunity. So um, the the plus is is have this illness, get over this illness, and then you're protected from this illness. Um, I don't know if some of you um, are old enough to remember uh, chickenpox. Do you remember when you had kids and one one child in the area had chickenpox? We used to have these little chickenpox parties, and uh, where you'd expose your kids to the chickenpox, you'd have them get it at a young age, they recover from it, and then you don't have to worry about it. So I'm not suggesting, not suggesting <laughs> that we have COVID parties, but um, but anyway, just a thought, something that crossed my mind anyway. So I'm happy to uh, say that I'm almost through the recovery. And uh, and that's enough about me, I guess. Um, I did want to share the gospel uh, or a reflection on the gospel with you today. And it's the gospel of the second Sunday of Advent. So let me just jump right in. 
and share this with you and maybe it'll give us you know something to think about throughout the day today and throughout our week and and kind of keep us balanced as we are bombarded with ads and and uh, uh, different aspects of the uh, secular side of Christmas. So today is the second Sunday of Advent, a time of preparation. And the gospel today has a profound message for us. The gospel begins with the words of the prophet Isaiah, declaring that God was sending a messenger to prepare the way. The messenger would be a voice crying out in the desert. That voice was to be John the Baptist. Understanding John the Baptist was not an easy task, probably not unlike the task posed to those of his time. Few people, 2,000 years ago, probably truly and completely understand what he meant when he declared his mission to prepare the way of the Lord and to make his path straight. However, the gospel states that John the Baptist, who appeared in the desert, proclaimed a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And what was the response of the people of that time? The scripture states that people, the people of the whole of the Judean countryside, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. John further stated that one greater than he would be coming. John the Baptist is the very voice of Advent, the voice of the coming of the Lord Jesus to earth to intervene in the relationship between God and ourselves. What John stated when he said, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, was not just a word about Jesus. It was the gospel. It was the beginning of the good news for the world. John and his message happened at the beginning of Jesus' ministry on this earth, and John and his message still are the beginning today for all those who want to find their way out of the wilderness and into the promised land. However, there is one reality that so many Christians have lost sight of, and because so, their whole faith foundation has become weak and makes them easy prey for temptation and sin. This reality that I speak of is having the clear distinction and belief in heaven and hell. I would be shocked to hear of a Christian that didn't believe in heaven, but you would not believe how many Christians I have met that questioned the reality of hell. Without a clear understanding of the reality that your behaviors and actions in this world do have consequences, and that the reason of those actions either lead you to heaven or hell, could leave a person confused, lost, and can lead to rationalization for behaviors that are clearly sinful and in opposition to God. What is missing, and what I am speaking of, is the understanding of a healthy fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord, as it is spoken of in the Bible, is not just a concept, but an experience that predisposes us to the wisdom. In fact, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear is not a fear of a tyrannical God who arbitrarily inflicts punishment, but a fear that gives people proper respect to a God who administers just punishment for those who deserve it. The biblical fear of the Lord is an intelligent fear based on a deep perception of the holiness and majesty of God, which rightly recognizes the possibility of violating the law of God, despising His love, rejecting His mercy, and meriting 
eternal separation from Him. While the fear of the Lord is simply the beginning of wisdom, the end of wisdom is love. The scripture tells us, in fact, blessed is the man who fears the Lord. So back to the reality of heaven and hell. St. Catherine of Siena, a doctor of the church, relays to us from a vision from God the Father that there is much more depth to the reality of heaven and hell than many commonly suppose. She states that sin and evil are far more ugly and more horrendous than most of us can imagine. But so too are the beauty, glory, and goodness of heaven greater than we can comprehend. St. Catherine states that there are four torments of hell. The first is that souls are deprived of seeing God. The second is that the souls agonize ceaselessly with regret about what has been lost. The third is that, unlike the beatific vision in heaven, the souls in hell will be immersed in the demonic vision, the source of evil itself. God even showed Catherine a brief vision of hell and reminded her of the vision by stating, You will recall that when I once let you see him, the devil, for a tiny while, hardly a moment, as he really is, you said, after coming to your senses again, that you would rather walk on a road of fire even till the final judgment day than to see him again. But even with all you have seen, you do not really know how horrible he is. And the fourth torment is the ceaseless burning of the mortal fire that has as many forms as the forms of the sins that were committed, stating that misers will be plunged into the filth of greed, violent souls will be engulfed in cruelty, the indecent will be engulfed in indecency and wretched lust, the envious in envy, and those who were hateful and bitter toward their neighbors will be engulfed in hate. So why do I go on and on about the reality of heaven and hell? It is because heaven and hell is a reality, a reality that so many have allowed to fade away in their conscience. Without this acknowledgement and understanding, St. Augustine, St. Catherine, St. John of the Cross, St. Teresa of Avila, St. Therese of Lisieux all warn of the ease and likelihood of falling for traps of the devil and spending eternity in hell. So where do we go from here? This brings me remembering a story I once heard that involved a professor and a great master. The professor traveled to the far east to meet the great master, and the professor asked the master to teach him what he needed to know to have a happy life. The professor stated, I have studied the sacred scriptures. I have visited the greatest teachers in the land, but I have not found the answer. Please teach me. At this point, the master served tea to his guest. He poured the professor a cup full and then kept on pouring and pouring so that the tea began to run, run over the rim of the cup across the table and he still poured until tea was cascading upon the floor. The professor watched this until he could no longer restrain himself. It's over full. Stop. No more will go in, he cried out. Like the cup, the master said. You are full of your own opinions, your own ideas, your own speculations. You are full of yourself. How can I show you the way until you first empty your cup? 
Doesn't this story represent our own lives so very much? We want to be shown the way, yet at the same time we want to pursue and follow our own desires, our own ideas. John the Baptist called to the people with the message of repentance. He called to them to hear his message and then to take action so that they would be able to greet the Messiah and walk in his way. He preached to repent. Repent. What does the word repent actually mean? Quite simply, it means to turn around, to change directions, to face a new way, to begin to walk in that way, leaving the old way behind. Just as the professor had to empty himself to learn the way of the master, so each of us must change direction if we are to truly see the Lord and to walk with him from the wilderness to the promised land. Advent is a time to empty ourselves. It is a time of quiet and reflection. It is a time for acknowledging our sins. It is a time for enjoying the sacrament of penance. It is a time of forgiveness. It is a time for change. It is a time to purge ourselves of habits and behaviors that draw us away from God. And it is a time to cultivate holiness in our lives and in the lives of others. St. Augustine, also a doctor of the church, and a man who suffered greatly from the bondage of habitual sin, sexual sin, gives us great insights with regard to sin and repentance and accepting God's grace. St. Augustine, who through progressive study, reflection, and God's grace acquired a significant understanding and love of Christianity, however kept pushing God away since he didn't want to give up the physical pleasures of sin. He felt trapped due to the extent and depth of his sexual sins. However, one day, through the grace of God, he profoundly realized that if he spent one second longer in his sinful state, not knowing when death might come upon him, he would surely deserve to be justly giving an eternal life in hell. God's grace filled him with the reality of sin and its effects and the reality of hell but also gave him immediately the strength to break the shackles of habitual sin to live a life of holiness. Advent is a time to rediscover our true being, why we were created, and to clearly see our total dependence on God in our lives. God has made us for himself, as St. Augustine discovered, and our hearts are restless till they rest in God. When we realize this and make room for God in our lives, then we are on the way to true repentance after the example of John the Baptist and can joyfully accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Well, thank you for taking the time to listen to The Catholic Journey. Thank you for uh, taking the time to really ponder about your relationship with uh, Christ, your relationship with those around you, and really taking a deep look at yourself. This time of Advent is a time for us to really slow down, remove some of the, uh, just the busyness of our lives, spend some more time of reading scripture, spending more time reading good, holy, inspiring books, and also spending more quality time with those around us that God has placed in our path and in our lives, and to try to be a better, clearer reflection of God's love to those in the world. 
So thanks again for following the Catholic journey, for taking the time to listen to some of these reflections, some of my uh, babble at times as well, <laughs> and actually sharing in my life and my journey. That's a big part of what the Catholic journey is, is, is gives me an opportunity to share really my journey of being a Catholic in this modern world, giving me some time to reflect on that journey and sharing it with you and hopefully that you can do the same. Um, in your life. So thanks again. Have a wonderful, wonderful Holy Sunday. And I look forward to seeing you again at the next podcast. God bless you. 